welcome to Captivate and Close. I'm Kinsey Mackis, business consultant and marketing strategist, and I'm going to show you how to attract and enroll high-paying clients using my breakthrough online marketing strategies, all without having to rely on complicated funnels, disingenuous clickbait, or spammy sales tactics. These are the messaging, marketing, and selling secrets that virtually no one is talking about. So let's dive in. Guys, welcome back to another episode of Captivate and Close. I've my most favorite guest with me, really just my co-host at this point, um, Jenny Feature. <laughs> Jenny, say hey. Oh, hey everybody! I'm so excited. I love your podcast, Kinsey. Thank you for thank you for bringing me on so much because I love this. I can't I wait to do this. more of these. Uh, yeah, Jenny and I spent, have been spending a lot of time together with this week, particularly at the time of this recording, um, we just ran another uh, content lab, um, which by the way, if you haven't done one of these, it's literally one of the best experiences ever, I believe. And we're not biased. Like people are saying like this free experience is better than like any paid mastermind or coaching program they've ever experienced. So um, if you guys haven't signed up, we're running one again um, soon. So go to kinseymackis.com forward slash content lab. So a uh, little shameless so plug there. Um, but what uh, I wanted to bring Jenny on because last week we did our in-person event, which was literally incredible. Um, I mean, what can we say? Like we, it was so, I mean, it was, we cried. We let my cheeks hurt from smiling, but at the same time, I'm like crying, just connecting with other women when you feel so seen and other women feel seen and it creates this safe container of like, okay, oh my gosh, it's, there's no words for it. No, there isn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the emotions. Right. And I think we get to serve the most incredible women. And I think we create like what I've noticed about the communities we create, the experiences we create, like we really bring in the most incredible people and it creates just such a fun dynamic of real and rawness. And part of that is our stories, the stories that we share. And Jenny shared um, one of the topics that we talked about was confidence and fear. And if you mm -hmm. immediately hear that and are like, nope, that's not a problem of mine, right? I want to just pause you there and just like hold tight because we had people in that room that were just getting started. And we had people that are, you know, uh, make, making multiple six figures. And this story that Jenny, this, this topic um, that Jenny did so beautifully really resonated with everybody in the room. And so it was important. I asked Jenny if she'd be willing to come basically like redo <laughs> um, this training so that we could bring it to the larger audience, because I think it's so important, um, not just for women, but, um, you know, for, for female leaders who are stepping into their truth and, um, starting to really, um, navigate, right. The inner workings of themselves and learn more about, you know, um, how past experiences, past experiences have shaped them. And also what's stopping you from getting to the next level. If you think mm -hmm. it's having the right or wrong strategy, like I'm just, we're going to challenge you to think differently. Um, but I, I, it's just such a fun conversation. So um, Jenny, why don't you kick us off and just let us know even where this topic or this um, idea stemmed from yeah. when we were creating the agenda for the live event. 
Yeah. Awesome. And I love starting there because it's kind of a fun story just to track my mind because what I was thinking was like, what is going to serve these women? What are, what do they keep bringing to us over and over again that we can really talk about and debunk? So of course my mind goes to, oh, the fear of being an entrepreneur, the fear of being a woman and a mom and wanting to build a business at the same time, like all that comes into that, right? Like, am I even allowed to? And so I started thinking about that, but then my mind went to, well, focusing on fear only ever gets you more of the problem, right? Looking at something really hard doesn't make it go away. In fact, it eliminates your ability to see the opportunity around it. So then I thought, okay, well, what, what's here? What, what is here? Like for me, what have, what fears have I overcome? And it really just felt very, I felt very called to share a little bit of my story and what I went through when I was younger. Um, And then also on top of that, how I have really built some things into my life that, you know, we're never going to get out of fear. We're never going to not have fear. Um, But really what I, what I've done, like the three things that I do, and I'll share them here um, after I share my story, but the three things that I also do to make sure that I am able to be confident and not fake that confidence, you know, fake it till you make it, like actually be the woman that I was born to be. And it's really simple stuff, but I think it, it helps to understand like what we're working with here because nobody's had a life full free um, of fear or pain or trauma. And so, so that's where it kind of came from. And I just felt like, okay, people need some context. Cause like you said, it's easy to look at us or anybody online and be like, of course it's easy for her. Her husband is so supportive and their kids are healthy. And so like, what could she possibly have to overcome? Or they seem like they have money or she hasn't been divorced or she's, you know, we put these, we put other people through these filters. And so um, it's important to me always to really be transparent and share what I've been through. So yeah, so I'm excited to be on here today and to just dive into that a little bit. And I do, before you dive in, I want to reiterate what you said, because I think even after that training, like a lot of people had shared that, like, it's so surprising, like Jenny of all people, because if you meet Jenny, whether online and like, think about your, like for any of you that have seen her online, (laughs) uh, the, just like Jenny like has just this like, like palpable, palpable confidence and energy about her and just really has that magnetizing effect on her audience. But (laughs) imagine that in person, right. It's just like 10 X and people were very surprised to hear of like Jenny of all people, like had, like, didn't, didn't you speak confident and struggled with these things? Mm. And like, to your point, Jenny, I think it's so important. And what Jenny and I are committed to continuing to bring these conversations to the market, to the industry, because it's so freaking real. And it's, I think people are so quick to judge again, to your point of like, well, this didn't happen to them. So it's not possible for me or whatever that Mm. looks like. And we just want to tell you that we all experience our own trauma, our own insecurities, our own whatever. And we want to talk about those more and, and to, and, and yeah, boom. Yeah. Boom. I know. I feel like that could be a podcast right there. There's your nugget. We'll see you next week. But it, because it is so, there's so much wrapped up in, in, perceptions, especially of ourselves, but then also our perceptions of what's going on around us. And, and we love to have a good excuse why we can't, why my, why it's harder for me. And you guys, when Kinsey says like, and by the way, thank you for that. Like that, that was like, I feel like this overflowing, like wonderful introduction. And I love that hearing that that's like how you feel me, uh, because 
it's definitely not been me my whole life. You guys, when we're talking about confidence and the word empowerment, I did like, I don't even know that I ever heard that growing up. Literally, I the word empowerment, I don't, and definitely not in context to a woman running a business. <laughs> I didn't have that example or anything. And so, you know, um, to, to dive into my story a little bit, you guys, I hated myself growing up. Like, let me just say, it wasn't like, oh, I had a hard time with this. Like I wanted to die as a teenager. And the only reason I didn't is because I knew it would make my family more sad. Like not to just like jump in with the big guns there, but it was really true. And, and what that stemmed from was, you know, I'm one of four kids and just who I am, how I was born. And, and I think birth order and all the things in life, my parents' upbringings, everything brings into play who we become as adults and how that translated for me was I became very codependent. I could own the only emotion it was okay to feel in my position in the family was happy. And if you're not happy, we fix it. We get happy real fast because it's just move on. You know, also my family is extremely academic, uh, judges, lawyers, people that work at the Pentagon, PhDs, doctors. And so as a, as a girl growing up, it was very much like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Do you want to be a teacher or a nurse? Or do you want to make a lot of money and be a doctor? Like, and that's not how it was said to me, but that's how I perceived it. And shocker, I was born to be an entrepreneur, do things against the grain. And so I didn't know that as a child, all I knew was I felt different. I felt different. I felt off. I had people in my family that had high mental health needs. And so I just started to internalize that me not wanting to be in the orchestra, like everybody else in my family, me not wanting to uh, be, uh, you know, a brainiac. I didn't care about school. I I was like the average student, not because I wasn't smart enough, but I just didn't really care when I apply myself. And it was just kind of like, huh, like these are kids and Jenny's the different one. (laughs) And I felt like that was wrong. So So by the time I was 12, 13, um, and I started riding at a horse barn. So this whole time, all I ever wanted to do, you guys, was be wild and free. (laughs) I just wanted to be wild and free. I wanted to ride horses. We lived in the suburbs. We didn't have nobody in my family was a farmer or had any access to this stuff. So it was a big ask, but my parents were amazing. And they let us each do, you know, one big activity that we wanted. And when I was five, I knew it was horses for me and they dutifully found barns for me to ride at. By the time I was a teenager, I had found this stable that did show horses. Um, and like they, you know, you ride in the circle, you sit, sit a certain way. If you know horses, you know, we can DM about that all day long, but the nuts and bolts of it is it's, it's very based on, you know, having a lot of money, which we did not. Um, and not for that particular thing, we were fine, but we didn't have that. So I kind of identified very quickly as like this poor barn girl. And, you know, it's really important to note that how we feel about ourselves is the magnet that the universe uses to bring people into our lives. And so at that time, I was, I was chubby. I was, I had no friends. I mean, few friends. I was uncomfortable in my home life. I felt so different. I felt wrong for being me. I just hated myself. I did. And here comes this horse barn situation. And guess what? The people that were there, um, at first were very candid and charming and, um, 
brought me in. And what happened was really, it, it turned into more than five years of really emotional and psychological abuse. I started working for $3 an hour for them when I was 13 and it quickly transpired into my whole life. And if, and if you haven't been in a situation uh, of this kind of control, what it really feels like is your identity becomes what these people think of you. And so the, it was a husband and a wife and his mother. So three people. Um, and it was very much what they thought of me was my world. When they commented on how chubby I was or my, my composition or that my boobs were coming in, that was how I, you know, it was so, it, it was so inappropriate, but I internalized it. I would go with them to shows on the weekends, but they wouldn't pay me because they were paying for my hotel room. And so that offset what they felt they should pay me to go clean all the stalls, do all that, you know, the grunt work. I was the dirty barn girl because that was how I identified and therefore they treated me like that. Um, but they were always quick to come back. You're our Jenny. You're our Jenny. We love you. And we would be nowhere without you. You're our right-hand girl. And you guys, I lived for those comments. And I remember one time when I was 15, the man who owned the stable, his name was Tim. And we were at a show in, um, in a town about two hours away from where we lived. And I was always the one, you know, interestingly enough, that would ride alone in a truck with this man, which was highly inappropriate looking back. But the show hadn't gone the way anybody wanted it to. There hadn't been enough blue ribbons or whatever. And I was folding, um, I was folding towels because we had these bags where you put towels in and some were for dirty towels and some were for clean towels. And I only remember this because of this situation, but I was putting them away and I, I must have put the clean towels in the dirty bag or the dirty bag had clean, something very small like that. And Tim came walking by and you know, when you know somebody well enough, you can tell when they're about to lose their shit. And he walked by and I instantly just felt like I didn't want to be seen. I knew he was in a mood. I didn't want to take the brunt of it. And he turned and he looked at me and um, he looked at the towels and he just laid it on me. He said, you stupid biatch. He said, what are you doing? I cannot believe you cannot even get this right. What is wrong with you? If you can't figure out how to do this, you can walk home. And it was a, it was a rant and there were people watching there. Were, I mean, and I felt at the time, like he was so right. I felt like, um, I felt like what an idiot. I put the towel, like, what a have I not been paying attention? What is wrong with me? Like, oh my gosh. And now I made him mad. I should have known that he was sensitive because these people lost their classes and he didn't get the blue ribbons. And now I'm making it worse. This is how internalized and how, uh, how codependent I was on the people around me. And I remember going to the bathroom and his wife followed me, who was the only one that was sometimes kind of nice to me. Like, um, behind the scenes. And she just said, Oh, you know, he didn't mean it. He's just had a bad day. And she's trying to trying to make it better. And I just felt so much shame. And there were some that stands out to me, because I think that was when I really realized, like, this doesn't feel like that's not okay. But like, I'm still, I'm still wrong. Like, I still have a lot of work to do on myself here. Like, what a what a terrible person. And this is about the time that I also quit, um, you know, I stayed there until I was 17 and a half. Um, so I didn't ever really leave except because, you know, in that time I developed, I, I wished I could develop an eating disorder. 
awful as that sounds, but it was the nineties and like people were getting attention for being anorexic. And so I was like, well, I, it wasn't like an attention seeking thing, but it was like, if I could just figure out how to get that, at least I would be thin. And then they would be okay with me and how I looked, because if I'm thin, then I'll be accepted like that way. And, and I know that sounds warped, but if you are a woman, you probably know that internally that does register, um, especially in the nineties. I don't know. It's like the Cindy Crawford world. And I don't know if you see me, but I'm a strong athletic lady. <laughs> um, I'm always I could, like, Jenny, I want your muscles. <laughs> I always joke. I'm like, I could survive the organ trail on a saltine cracker and a diet Coke. Like I'm good. Um, but, but so, but it, it was like this warped and it's kind of this body dysmorphia of, you know, looking back, I was not heavy, really. I'm just a blossoming young girl. And, um, but I felt like there was something wrong with me. So I would not eat and not eat and not eat. And then I would binge eat and I would not eat and not eat and not eat and I'd binge eat. And then I would hate myself for that. And you guys, there was a period of time where I started self-harming and it was not good. Um, obviously, and, you know, without going into detail, it obviously really pulled me even farther away from my family. So I went from kind of being the outlier to the obvious problem child and which was, you know, said to be by some of my siblings. Um, they didn't mean it like that, but I was, I was the reason mom and dad were crying. I was the reason, you know, they couldn't understand how to fix me because they had no idea any of this was going on, by the way. I was like, so obsessed with these people. I was never going to say anything ill about them to my parents. And, um, and, and I just, I remember finally quitting that bar, not because I realized that I deserve better, but because I kind of had to choose between upsetting my family anymore and what I wanted. So I almost felt like I was sacrificing being at this barn. And when I ended up leaving there, you guys, the older lady, she was, she was like hunched over. I still remember she was shorter. She had this short brown kind of crispy hair with gray in it. And she had dentures. And a lot of times her denture cream would run down the wrinkles, like the creases of her mouth. And I just remember, so it felt like she was literally foaming at the mouth saying to me and my mom, right? We're in there. We're, we're moving all my stuff out. And cause you know, you keep your boots and things like that there. And she was like, you get out of here. You know, you are awful. We should have known. We never could have trust you. You're horrible. I mean, you guys, the meanest thing she could think of to say, she said to me, and my mom's mind is blown. Cause she's like, these people have always been so charming to me. What the hell is going on around here? So I tell you guys like, and, and like, it was insane. And it took me a long time to even realize that that wasn't okay. You know, then I go home and in my family, it's like, we just don't talk about this stuff. So were you raped? Were you touched inappropriately? I'm like, well, no, no, you know, like, no. And it was like, okay, then we're glad you're out of there. Let's not talk about it. And I didn't know that, you know, so then I'm like, oh my God, what do you do with that? You know, like shame, shame, guilt, self-hatred. And, um, it's been so long ago now that I can speak with it and kind of have like an insulated bubble where I feel like I'm not, you know, I can, I can share this. And I think it's important that I share this, not because it's like, oh, I went through this thing and look what I've done, but I share it because I had no idea how to be confident. I had never seen a female entrepreneur, like even heard those two words together. I thought that to be want to be pretty 
was vain. To want to be wealthy was greedy. To own a business was to just try and find ways to swindle people mon- people's money. And again, that's like the societal norm that I grew up in. And then you have this weird situation that I somehow landed in. And I can see now how I'm grateful because it formed me. It gave me the opportunity to form into this person that I am now. And a lot of people don't take that opportunity. A lot of people crumble um, and that's okay. Um, but my story is different and I'm grateful that I've done the work to get here. But I share it because when we're talking about the, the fears that come into building a business um, and especially in this new way, right? Like online coaching, service-based industries, even product selling, like it's new. We're not setting up brick and mortar stores anymore. Um, There's a lot of fear that comes up and you better believe for me, a lot of it's tied to that. And a lot of it's tied to my family's perception of me, not in the forefront of my mind. I know, I, I don't even know how to talk to those people anymore. You know what I mean? Like, let alone, I don't even know if they're still alive. So it's not like I'm actually afraid of it, but inside there's a little girl inside me um, that still needs, she, that was going through all of that. And she still needs to be made safe. She still needs to, um, she still needs to know that nobody's going to jump out of the woodwork and throw the towels in her face and say, what is wrong with you? Can you not see what a failure you are? And whoever you are listening to this, I know that there's something like that and it might not be that specific or dramatic, or maybe it's worse in your past. And, and when we talk about fears and things coming up, a lot of it is tied to that. And, and I, it's not about getting over it or being like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, that doesn't bother me anymore because it'll always be part of your story. But it's more about, and this is like what we work on with our clients, <clears throat> but it's like more about going in and making sure that all the pieces of you are okay so that as you're building that success, it's okay to move forward. And there's not somebody inside of you that's like, ah, run away. You know, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. Um, and so when you look at those three fears that we'll talk about in a second, um, and then the three things that I like to do to kind of keep myself on the upside of that, it's, it's really important to really understand and embrace those pieces of you that went through those hard times. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Jenny, I just want to thank you first for, again, being vulnerable enough to share and open And I think it's, again, it's so important. Um, And although, you know, sometimes reliving reliving those experiences, right? It brings up, Mm -hmm. you know, the emotions and the feelings. And, um, but there's so much to be learned in those, in those shared experiences. Um, Because like you said, maybe our listeners haven't experienced something that traumatic or on the opposite side, way, way worse, Right we have to understand that where we are today, right. Is the shaping of right. Our past experiences, which include both positive and negative, but most often we don't understand, right. How even the most small minute sort of trauma, right. Has shaped how we think, feel, and behave. And entrepreneurship is like, you don't know, you may not know this yet, but entrepreneurship is going to make you address those things. 
And if you don't, and and there's just so much here that we could unpack, but at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, basically, if you're not willing to sort of uncover those things and work through them and go deeper with yourself, like entrepreneurship will never be at the depth that most likely you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can, I can resonate with, even as it progresses, like the more that I learn about myself and I'm like, oh, I'm this way because of that one time, da, 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 da. And like, oh, no wonder I'm like pushing people away because da, 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 right. Um, I have learned so much and, um, and it's so beautiful, but it's really, really painful and messy at times. And I think it's just, um, equipping you all with the awareness and just being open to learning and being able to, you know, reframe, uh, process, navigate, whatever. The last thing we want you to do is either, you know, so, you know, be unaware and, and then worse, like suppress, um, mm. suppress those things. Yeah. Because Cause that's when we get not. into that. That's so beautiful. And thank you for like, like encapsulating that because I think that's where we run into that imposter syndrome, the not enoughness. Like I need to try and be more like these people. I'm not doing this right. I need more practice. I need more anything, right? We've all said, I need more money. I need more time. I need a more supportive husband. I need more experience. I need more testimonials. I need more certifications. Did I say that one yet? I feel like it could, it's worth saying twice. Um, but we, but we run into that and that's, that's where it's kind of coming up. It does for all of us. And really, like you're saying, entrepreneurship, you guys, we say it over and over again, your business growth is a reflection of your personal growth and your choices to lean into that, which terrifies you, you know, unless it's like sharks don't lean too much into that, but you know what I mean? Like the entrepreneurial scares, it's so much more risky right? Than just having a job and not that jobs are easier. I'm just saying it's more risky because you're putting yourself out there and, and not everybody understands that. And so the opportunity there is for you to really understand that. Yeah. So good. understand yourself. 100%. Yeah. We could park here all day long. But I would yeah. love for like, let's give our listeners some tangibility around okay. what these fears are, what you see the most um, in the clients that we serve in the, you know, the general audience, um, that we've been observing and Mm -hmm. then to your point, um, how to navigate them. Absolutely. So I I'll start with the three fears. And again, this is something to know, but not focus on because you're never going to get over your fear. We joke about like, get over it, but like you, it's always there to serve you. So I tell you these because it's just helpful. We're literally taking what you have and we're putting it on the table do I want to keep eating this? Okay. Uh, the three fears, the first one is the fear of judgment, right? It could be the fear of judgment. It also looks like the fear of being seen or being exposed, right? So obviously in my story, like I said, I'm waiting for somebody to come walking in the door and throw the towel to me and be like, we know who you are. You're awful. And that's, that will always be a voice that I'm checking in with, right? Like, Hey, there that is. And I get to, I get the opportunity to reassess that. So for you, what's that look like? What's that fear of judgment, fear of being seen? Um, what does that look like for you? And how is that showing up? I think is, is a really big question that we need to ask ourselves. Yeah. It's funny because like, I think in this, even this imposter syndrome, like it's so heavy mm. and like, I think people think it goes away once they 
accumulate a certain years of experience or like you said, certain certifications, but like it never goes away. Um, take it from both of us who are, you know, yeah. several years into this and lots of experience certifications, <laughs> right? But it's just new levels and mm-hmm. of those same feelings. Um, or we were just having a conversation with a client and she she's a coach, but she actually just got hired. A corporation reached out to her and asked her to consult. She's a parent coach and they asked her to consult for their, like, uh, for their, for their cost, their customers and like hired her for this consulting gig. And she's like, went on the high of like, Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, like, this is so cool. And Mm -hmm. then immediately it was like, Oh my gosh, what if they figure out I'm not actually (sighs) an expert and it's so real. And of course, like she was sort of kidding, but not because it is like how many of you get hired by somebody and then you have that immediate high of like, yes. And then you're like, oh my gosh, what if I don't get the results? Oh, oh my gosh. What if they figure me out? That's so many. It's, it's mm-hmm. so real. It's so real. Yeah. And it never goes away. I think you just learn how to now you see it. You're able to see it really mm-hmm. quickly for what it is. And then um, navigate it. Yeah. Navigate and it. I think that's too, where we feel a lot of, you know, we were just talking in, in our content lab that we did this week. And a lot of people were like, well, I'll, I'll feel confident when I know that I can answer every question, right? I need to be judged as enough. I need everybody to see that I'm not going to make a mistake. And so that's where that kind of thing comes in there. And just being aware of that is so huge. But a lot of what we were just talking about too, also feeds into the second thing. So the number two biggest fear that we see is this fear that I will not be enough or I'm not ready. Right. So first of all, being seen like that, second of all, actually realizing that there's like somebody that comes out with a little sign, you know, that says like, you're not ready, um, which doesn't happen. But in our minds, we, we haven't survived that situation yet. So like, especially as you're starting or when you're scaling up or you're raising your prices or you've got a new offer coming out, this will sometimes we get, is it enough? Ooh, should I have done this better? And it can be really, really deep to where, you're like, great. I did all the work. I got a client. Oh my gosh. What if, what if they get through the program and they're like, "Eh, it wasn't that great. Right. That all manifests from I'm not enough. And this can also show up in like when we're really over delivering for free or in low prices, that's also where that, where that will show up too, because it's like, I need proof. I need proof that I'm enough. And so just again, we're not debunking your fears totally. We're just letting you see them and you get the opportunity to debunk them that yourself, right? Because we can sit here and tell you to be confident and you're great all you want, but if you're not going to decide to, that's cool, but that's your decision. But looking at it, where do you feel like you're not enough? Where do you, and you might not even, you might not even, that might not even be the right question. And I've heard some people be like, I'm so tired of this phrase, you're enough because it, it like, it's so vague and I get that. But what we're saying specifically here is in the context of your business, you do not need to prepare any more to be able to get out there and start doing your thing, period. Unless you were just born two days ago and you're a baby, you, which you are not, <laughs> you are ready for this, right? You have life experience, regardless of all the coaching and work and career experience that you may or may not have, you are ready. And that's what I mean right? when I say you are enough, but you're still going to feel that fear. Yeah, this is good. I mean, we see this stall out people all the time. And mm-hmm. in fact, we just coached somebody through this. They were like, what do I need to build first in order to launch my program? And we're like, nothing, right? Just share mm-hmm. it. Just like, yeah, like, oh, I have so much to say to, yeah. to that. But 
you don't need any more than what you mm-hmm. already have to go out and help people and make a living for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and this is huge when you, when you pride, like you said, when you're charging too low, right. It goes back to, um, how you see yourself and the value that you're placing on yourself. Um, and feeling like I'm not enough. And so I need to charge lower prices. So people will say yes, yes. Um, which leads to the ultimate burnout. Oh my gosh. So good. So good. And so true. Um, so the third fear is, I know I'm like, oh gosh, I kind of want to keep going on that, but we'll in the essence of time, um, <laughs> I feel like these could all be their own podcast episode. The third fear is the fear that it will change you or like the fear that it will be too much for me, or how can I possibly keep this busy life that I have and add 10 clients and this, and really what that is happening there when you're having that fear is, is really sitting down and looking at what are you, what are your expectations of yourself and where are you willing to shift and change? So this comes from really that fear of, I need to keep life as it is now. I'm going to hang on to this rung of the monkey bar and I'm going to swing to the next one. And I'm going to use my toes to try to grab the next one because I don't want to let go of what I know now, you know, and this could come up a lot of this money mindset comes up here because we can all say we want to make a hundred thousand dollars, but if we feel like that might put us, um, we might mismanage it. And then we're stuck trying to make all this money because we just blew it all or whatever that fear is there. Or you could have the fear that's like, "Mm, um, my family is really, I grew up really poor. And if I start making too much money, they might mm, judge me. There can be those deep seated fears there, but that fear of change is legit because you guys, if you haven't survived being a millionaire yet, that's going to feel dangerous to your psyche. And I know that sounds crazy, but you look at every single lotto winner and a large portion, there's a bunch of different percentages out there, but a very large portion of them end up either going bankrupt or right back to where they were because it wasn't safe for their identity to live at that level of income, right? So this is where that work comes in to become an entrepreneur, that personal growth, equally business growth has a lot to do with the money mindset and the fear that it will change me when I'm successful or it will change my life too much when I have a lot of busy, booming business is a big one that we see holding people back. Yeah. And I think this, uh, this, yeah, the identity piece is so huge and again, another thing we could park all day on. Um, (laughs) and this can, I think you address some, probably the, some of the more popular ones, I think where, and I want to share where this has come up for me, because it might be also resonate with some people, but this is what I realized is that, um, because of my upbringing and my childhood, like I was in a constant state of, um, chaos or, um, overwhelm or stress. And so that's just how that's always pushed me into achievement and uh, work ethic. So I've always had really good work ethic and have always worked hard and um, have always created an environment where it's higher stress. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that anytime there isn't stress or isn't chaos or isn't overwhelm, I like freak out and I realize I've created um, kind of subconsciously almost. And as I've learned this, like I realized I've had to let go, even though I thought I had let go of sort of this traditional mindset around like the corporate world of like, you have to work harder to make more money. Mm. I think I've consciously let go of that, but my behaviors are still in this. Like if I don't work, if I'm not always working or if I'm not feeling stressed, that means I'm not growing, I'm not making money or whatever. 
And so that change, that identity shift, I've had to really work on and really find calm or find comfort in the calm and peace, which for some people are like, that's crazy, but some of you might, might resonate with this. And that realization was like, holy shit, right? Like I'm like subconsciously creating chaos in my life because of right. How I have just the surroundings and what I have always known. Um, but it goes back to identity and change. So that was so yeah, good. That's so powerful. And I think you sharing that probably resonates. I know it resonates with me because I'm like, yes, we, it, it, you do like at new levels, new opportunities for growth. I challenges, opportunities for growth. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an extreme optimist when it comes to my language. So I'll say it like that, but you could say new problems if you want to go negative, mm-hmm. but there's new awareness. And like you're saying, it's like, I know it's good for me to rest. And this is like that fear of change comes in because there's, it's not like you wake up in the morning and you're like, Oh, I'm scared. My life will change today. No, it's like, I'm going to go do these great things, but it comes in these tiny minute choices that we make the tiny choices to check our phones when we're watching a movie with our kids or, you know, just taking our computers on vacation and, and and we're not going to use it that much, but then actually kind of spending a little bit more time than we should on it or whatever it is, that ability to feel calm, um, within our, within our normal day is a challenge when you get up to a certain level or not even for a certain level. That's the wrong way to say that. I think for just a certain type of person and it doesn't mean you're more successful or you're not, but like you said, it's like, oh my gosh, it keeps coming up. So I love that you just shared that. So good. so good. So good. Oh my gosh. Yep. It, you know what? We're owning it. If you guys it. haven't already noticed, I say so good all the time. I Our podcast it. team was like, these are Kinsey's highest frequency words. And we learned that at the event. And so that was sort of the same. So good. Anyway, so tell oh. us how do we sort of like move? <laughs> yeah. We don't need to talk about so goodness all the time. Um, um, I mean, like um, so we have these, uh, like you said, we're not here to tell you not to do these things. It's the awareness around these fears Mm -hmm. and knowing that, especially the work that Jenny does, like the deep, deep rooted stuff. And also just what we've been seeing in our audience and our clients, like these are ultimately the things that are either stalling people out, preventing people from creating true lasting impact and income and tripping people up. So how do on the other side of that, like, where? yeah. Okay. This is the, this is so fun. So this is what I love because we all love a good list of things to like do. Um, I, when I give lists of things to do, they're usually a little shorter. I like, we're all busy. We don't have time for like, okay, here's these 10 things to insert into your day to make sure you're confident. Like just check that. But these are three things that I personally focus on, right? These aren't necessarily things you're doing, but just keeping at the forefront of your mind that are going to help you with keeping those fears in place, like recognizing they're trying to protect you, but then also stepping forward in confidence and courage with, like I said, all those pieces of you feeling like they're safe. Like it's okay. You've got agreement from all the little parts of you from your past that are like, all right, we're ready to take a step forward with you. And so the first thing that I do to, you know, for, to keep it short, to build your confidence, um, is impeccable self-care. And what I mean by this is not necessarily massages and manicures and picking baths. However, those are nice things. And if that's what really fuels you, please do that. But what I really mean by this is how do you talk to yourself and how do you treat yourself? Okay. 
How do you feed your body? How do you move your body? Do you respect yourself? Right. Are you, um, you know, I told you I was not respecting myself. You guys, those eating patterns lasted well into my twenties where I would like eat and I eat an Oreo for lunch. Um, and then I, I like, cause that was healthy. I know it was warped, whatever. And then like a hot dog for dinner. Cause somebody told me that was on the keto diet, but like that was not respecting myself. <laughs> You know, but that was, but what are you doing every day that you can say, yep, that's, I do that because I respect myself. And can you catch yourself on the things that you're doing that don't when you're pushing yourself to go without sleep, when you're yes, yes, yes to everything, when you think that you are the only person in your household who can do things right, like load the dishwasher. I'm totally talking to myself on that, by the way, because it's very hard for me. It's very hard for me, but there is a right way to load the dishwasher. Did you know? But those little things, I, I have to do it all, you know, are, is that self-care? Is that actually taking care of yourself so that you can rocket fuel yourself forward, create that velocity in your life? Or are you doing things that decrease your energy, decrease, you know, how you're talking to yourself, how you're fueling yourself? You know, are you drinking water? You guys, it's so everything, but it's the small things, right? These are not like, the giant things that we set out to do. I'm going to meditate for an hour a day. Like you don't have to do that to have impeccable self-care, but you, your life, your world does not exist without you. And so we have to stop this kind of culture of martyring ourselves for our families and our businesses. Um, the, the cool, busy badge, the hot mess express, like to fit in club, like, listen, we all get there and I'm the queen of it, but it's not what's making me good. You know what I mean? So I don't know. That's a lot there. Tell me if that makes sense. Could be, or if I need to like, no, I love this. And I think people might hear self-care and be like, Oh, I've heard that before, but there's a reason. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's the basic necessities. And I think check yourself because I think people overlook, it's like, they want to build this empire or create this business. And yet they're not sleeping. They're not eating well. They're not taking care of what you call, I think like the Mm. vessel of the business, especially if you're a solopreneur right now. Um, Mm. so if you're overcompensating your results by working harder and like, Oh, when I am making more money, then I'll make more time to go exercise or whatever. Like that is so awful mm, and take it from hamster wheel. here too like I I have it well into my late 20s like just couldn't understand just basic like eat well move your body sleep right it was always like the next best diet or like over exercising like spending hours at the gym because I needed to burn every single calorie that I ate that day right so like it's not just the the things, right. It's how you see yourself and, and, and the the parameters around that as well. Like if you're, if you have, um, unhealthy guidelines, then that's, that's just as important. So, so good. Yeah. Bottom line, know your levels. What can, what know your levels and know your needs, right? Um, it's not about living perfect in homeostasis where you're like floating through life and always have time to like go watch the flowers breathing back at you or anything like that. But it is about just knowing yourself. And yes, there are times where we're freaking tired and run down, but you got to know how to handle that. So good, Jenny. So good. Awesome. And I love how okay. you frame it up yeah. because it's about it. What is impact? Like, like define what that looks like for you. 
Again, it's not about taking spa days or whatever. I mean, you can if you want, but it's like, how how are you taking care of your mind, body, and spirit? Yeah. Yeah. And get in, let that be okay. And enough for you too, by the way. So, all right. The second one is to be hyper aware of your greater calling. So what did God promised to the world when you were born. I know we've said that before on here. Um, and I, I think I originally heard that on another, I can't remember who it was, but it's the most beautiful question to put into somebody because you were not born. And, and this is like, hold on before you throw things at me, but you were not born just to be a mother and take care of other people at the expense of yourself. You also were not born to just do your business, right? This is way bigger. I know as like business coaches and strategists and deep coaches, it'd be so great. And we could sell you so much on like, you were born to do this job and like invest in all the businessy things, but that's not, that's part of it. It's part of who you are. But the two questions that, that I love here for when you're being hyper aware of your greater calling is, is, you know, number one, what, what were you, what are you born to do? You know, and it's not a thing. Don't get caught up in like, oh, I was born to hike Mount Fuji, Fiji. I don't, okay, that was a bad example. I don't even know my mountains. But <laughs> but it is a knowing a feeling. For me, for example, I know that while I was not born with some amazing dream to win a championship at something or be, you know, have a specific thing that I just feel like is in my bones to do. I do know that I was born to help people bring clarity, focus, and peace into their lives. And I do it in a way that supports high-level women, actually, well, and women all across the board who are navigating this as well. But that's, that's what it is for me. It's not a thing. And so when I'm looking at that, how am I living that out as a woman? How am I living that out as a mother of a daughter? And I have a daughter. How do I want her to see me? I have lots of nieces. I have girlfriends, sisters, friends. Am I walking that out in my day-to-day choices or am I just working my ass off? Because I love to work my ass off. By the way, I'm from the Midwest. I'm a farm girl. Like you give me 24 hours in a day, I'm going to get 25 hours worth of shit done. That's just what I do. (laughs) It's a hard habit to break. Um, But that's not my calling. My calling is not to go outside and just like beat myself up. So. so good, Jenny. I think this higher calling, I think initially it can feel overwhelming. And mm-hmm. I think even the pressure on yourself is like, what is my calling? But sometimes it, like, what would you say to people that are like, yeah. I don't know what that looks like. That's okay. Mm-hmm. You don't. Yeah, that's okay. What does it feel like to you? And I, and my, you know, um, my therapist actually asked me, she said, how, how would you rate yourself right now at being a woman? Cause I was just struggling a while ago, um, with some things and I was all over the place with all the hats, spinning all the plates, doing all the things. And it's been some time now, but that's question really stuck with me because to me, I think when you ask yourself that as you're listening to this, it's different for everybody you know, and, and I think it's sort of in the same vein, but you don't have to have an answer with words for this piece. I think that's the biggest thing we want to sit down and like journal it out and like vision board it or mood board it or whatever the hot board is at the time, like whatever. No, it's about the feeling. And I talk about this all the time. What feeling do you want to have at the end of the day? What feelings, you know, when you help somebody, when you step into service and out of the mind drama of, business and relationships in life, 
what are the feelings that when you have them you're, or that, you know, what are, what is it that when you have those feelings that you're just like, wow, okay. Like that was, that was the good stuff in life. Okay. Don't get caught up in the language of it, but understand that this is, there's more, I guess is what that number two goes to is the perspective piece, yeah. you know? And I think exploration, like give yourself permission yeah. to explore that. Don't just sit with it. Like be it like go out and go and practice it like have fun with it oh my goodness you know um yeah yeah I think it's just we could I could go on on about that I I think I told a story about a little baby on an airplane on my way home from Boise last weekend and it was just like this baby was so in love with the lights that were on the airplane you know the little tiny little light they give you to read with and it's just poking it poking it and I mean that 15 minutes. And it was just a light. You guys, we never, you still have that ability for awe and wonder in your life now. Um, just don't, don't feel like it's when we put pressure on ourselves to have it, to experience it. I'm going to go outside and have an abundance walk and I'm going to manifest <laughs> greatness and I'm going to work really hard at it. I'm going to do it freaking right. And it's like, you know, like, ah, Mm-hmm. babies are coming into the world like white knuckling things like oh, I'm gonna find so much joy like you have that in you still that's you know, such a good comparison though <laughs> and I think you're for our overachievers perfectionists which we work a lot with it's it is that it's like oh I need to meditate for an hour then I need to journal then I'll be ready and then I need to design this perfect careful piece of content and it's yeah. just like Oh, it's like gripping their way business, but no judgment. Um, It's just be bringing that to Jenny's point, like let go surrender and define and just, yeah. Oh, Mm. so good. Jenny. That's so good. It's it's like, it's it's so good. I know. And by the way, if you're going to hashtag that, please tag Kinsey and I, because it's owned now. Um, all right. So the last one is uh, to really help step into that confidence is, and this is the most important one to me personally, constantly cultivate the environment that you're in. Your environment will make or break you. I am a farm wife. We farm 3000 acres of corn every year and I have a garden and I know the importance of good dirt. We live to make sure that the soil is okay because if you put a seed in the ground and it's too cold, it's too wet, there's too much junk in there that's not going to let it grow. There's not been properly tilled. It's the wrong time of year. It's not going to grow, right? And and what we what happens is when you don't allow the seed, which is you, we're all seeds, right? You and your dream to have the right environment the food doesn't grow, right? The corn doesn't grow. And what happens when the corn doesn't grow is nobody eats, right? So you have to remember that when that you are the conduit for positive, wonderful change in this world, whatever it is that you're doing or selling, I can tell you that right now. And in order to do that, you need to make sure that that, that that environment that you're in is healthy. And that you guys means your home, is it when you walk into your home, does it just feel heavy because you've got so much clutter, like your physical environment? What does that look like? You know, spring for the cleaning lady, spring for the person to help with her laundry, whatever that's going to take. But also the environment of your relationships is really important. And you can see in that story that I told you earlier, um, not a lot was growing in that environment except for shame, you know. And um, now I have, especially as I've obviously grown, especially the last 
11, 12 years that I've really been doing this work on myself to become the woman that I am today, to allow for the version. I haven't become anything. I've just taken off these layers that I've put on over my life that allow this real fun, playful person that you see before you to come out. In all of that, I've also realized that a lot of people from my past, people I grew up with, don't understand that and that's okay. But in order for me to cultivate that environment, I have to be okay with loving them where they're at. They don't, they're not on my journey and that's okay. You know, marriage is a struggle too. I'm not, I'm definitely not that person sitting here. I love my husband and he's the most amazing man, but I will also never say like, I will never sugarcoat it and say that like, it's always easy. And he's the one cheering me on. Like he just isn't in this world with me business-wise. And that, that takes growing too. And so understanding how I need to cultivate my environment, who I need to have as key players when I'm in the business mode, I'm talking to people like Kinsey, I've got these great coaching communities. Like this is where I come and I grow. And then, you know, how do you cultivate that in your own personal relationships too, is really, really important, but physical environment, making sure you've got the time and the space that you need to go. That is huge. Oh, so good. And it's just like the Oh, you actually, I wrote it down, but I don't have the notebook you, when you were making the reference about the seed and the soil and the harvest, um, you had said like, if the soil is shit, the world starves. And it's sort of like taking mm-hmm. two extremes. It was something in regards, I wish I had it, but it was taking two extremes. And although that feels extreme, understanding that all those dots connect. Mm-hmm. And when you take that in correlation to your life and thinking about the little minute decisions you make in, re- in relation to who you spend your time with, what you spend your time thinking about, um, where like your surroundings, like if you think that doesn't impact how you create oh um, the results you have or don't mm-hmm. have, like, dude, this is Jenny, the, so huge. that's I just think you demonstrate that so beautifully by even like leveraging, you know, the, the farm and understanding that that, right. The, the insane amount of time that goes into right. Nurturing the harvest and all the work that's required in the perfect elements. And not to say that you have to perfect everything about your life, but it's really being in tune to right. How the noise impacts you and, and both like physically, emotionally, mentally. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much there because we feel so connected to people. We don't want to hurt people's feelings. And it's so much easier to people, please. You guys, I mean, obviously, hopefully you get the point that that's that's real easy for me to just literally chameleon myself to what people need. I mean, and, and, but it doesn't, it doesn't serve you. And when you're not served and and this is going to hurt, you're not going to be the parent that you want to be, you just, you won't, you are only capable of fulfilling, of showing up for others at the level that you show up for yourself. Mm. That's emotionally, that's in your environment and your kids are watching you too. And so that might be a little bit painful and be like, I'm working so hard. You know, I'm just surviving this marriage. I'm surviving this, you know, crazy time in business and I hate it, but like, I'm, I'm going to get a good, like all the drama that goes into it. Okay but that's what we're putting out there. It doesn't have to be that way. And I think that's my favorite thing about what you and I do together, Kinsey, is like that helping people realize you can be successful and calm. You can have a powerful, profitable business and be freaking present with your kids and not work 40 hours a week. You know, there's that and that you can create, but it really does take 
that, that constant awareness. It's not about being perfect. You guys, my life is so far from perfect. And I say these things looking at myself in zoom, like Jenny, don't forget this, you know, like, Hey girl, don't run yourself into the ground today because it's not something that you're like, Oh, I've learned that. And now I'm going to be like Gandhi and just never have to worry about it again. It is going to show up the second you turn off this podcast. So, and that's okay. And that's okay. This is so yeah. good. Jenny, I, I feel like we could talk. I feel like we're going to do a couple different variations of this because we could go so deep mm-hmm. on all of these concepts, but I think this gives people just that tangibility around, okay, here's why I'm probably feeling this way, right? Here's why I'm probably avoiding these things. Here's what's probably happening inside of me. That's creating right outside results mm-hmm. or lack thereof. And then what to consider instead, how to place yourself in the right environments, how to take care of your mind, body, spirit, right. And really, really, um, lean into what you're being called to do in this world. Like Mm. so beautiful, Jenny, so beautiful. And when you shared this, um, last week, like it just shook everybody in such a good way. And, and the gift that you bring to the world and our audience, our clients, like it's just so valuable. Mm. And I'm just so grateful for you. And your incredible brain and your beauty and all of it. I'm just so lucky to do business with you. I'm so grateful for you too. And you all are just going to have to sit and listen to a love fest for a second here because Kinsey is, you guys, like there's some major epic stuff coming. And I just like, it's, it's because of the work that we've done and the messes we allow ourselves to be at times. And Kinsey, you just are such what you, the platform you've created here, like is there's so many people that need to hear this. And in fact, I would love and challenge anybody that's listening to this to screenshot this episode and share it, but also let us know your biggest takeaways. Cause that was a lot that we just kind of crammed in there, but we would love to know because, um, we want to make sure we go deeper into the stuff too, that you guys, that you guys are really needing to hear. So yeah. And of course, if you're not in 10K Content Collective, what are you waiting for? Dude, Head in just, there. If you are a coach, co- a consultant, what? service provider, um, really stretching for that 100K or even above, you know, um, yeah, I mean, it's the best place to be. Our community of women are incredible. Um, we've been having so much fun. Um, once you join 10K Content Collective, you get access to your on-demand training, which is going to show you everything you need to know um, to be successful online. And it doesn't involve shiny band-aid strategies that are here today and gone tomorrow. You also get access to your weekly live coaching schedule where you get access to Jenny and I every week. Um, and then you get access to the community, you get access to the incredible mm-hmm. leaders that if you talk about environment, right. Talk about a, a place where you completely elevate yourself in your business. Um, and then you get access to our monthly collectives where we just pull all of our highest converting content and show you how to use it yourself. So get in there, kinseymacus.com forward slash 10K. Jenny, thank you so much for being here, you guys. If you aren't following Jenny on Instagram, head over there. It's at jenny.beecher. Um, <laughs> and go give her a follow and a, all the likes, all the shares. Aww, all the shares. Um, but thank you again. Say hey. Oh, great. thank you so much for, for letting me share today. So fun. Yeah. All right, guys, have a wonderful day and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Hey you, thank you so much for listening. 
It's an honor to be able to pour into the hearts and minds of like-minded entrepreneurs all over the world. But my most favorite part is being able to connect with you in real life. If you loved what you heard here, head over to the community where thousands of female CEOs just like you are changing the world one human at a time. We go deeper into the topics we discuss here and give away tangible roadmaps to help you crush your revenue goals. To join this high caliber free community, head over to kinseymackis.com forward slash community. I'll see you there.